Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. This is a transformative time for black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All that's left of this landmark downtown Seneca Falls business is a skeleton of scorched wood. Literally breaks my heart, it does. Amy Padula Kelsey is brought to tears, talking about the fire at Ferrara Lumber over the 4th of July weekend. She owns DA's Liquors down the street. We came to the corner here, which was as far as you could get, and just to see it still burning. Um, it's a huge hit for our whole community, it really is. It's just a, it's a huge hit for Seneca Falls because everybody ran to Ferraris for everything. Your house was built out of Ferraris or your house was remodeled out of Ferraris or you ran there to get, you know, round up during the summer. We're all tied together and my heart is broken for them. It really is. This is where the yard was. You'd pull down in and you'd be able to get your lumber in through here. Um, the fire actually started over there. Um, on the outside of the building in a PVC rack and it just kind of like a matchbox, you know, went through like she said. You briefly met Mike Ferrara in the first episode, town supervisor of Seneca Falls in western New York. These are Mike's cousins, Sarah and Stefania, third generation owners of Ferrara Lumber. Not long ago, their original store location, going back 70 years, caught fire. Uh, here they've returned to tour the burnt remains. Independent mm -hmm. lumberers are kind of a unique thing, right? Because, I mean, so many stores close down. I mean, obviously there's a lot of independent restaurants and, and um, places like that, but it's like 
you know, the big boxes have taken over for most industries. We had um, people in the community that, you know, have been customers of, of ours come over and, you with know, their excavators, with their excavators and... digging through, trying to help us locate some of the more personal items. Um, you know, as we said, we're third generation. So my father um, passed away in 2008 uh, here at the store of a heart attack. And so we had his, you know, he was here with us at the store and uh, we were trying to locate that. We didn't get that lucky. We, be, caught, we got some of the urn, so that was good. All the workers start showing up. Obviously, the whole, the whole town was pretty much here. And it was just like, you know, for five minutes, it was like, oh, my God, what are we even going to do? And then after that, it was just like, well, we know what we're going to do. We're just going to go back and do it over at the other place. Like, we're going to figure it out. But because we did have a lot of help. We had oh, a lot of help yeah. from so, I mean, all of our customers, the electricians, they came in, they got us going, they got, I mean, the pe people from Generations Bank, all of our contractors, people were building desks, people were building, you know, shelving, bringing in whatever they could to help us. cabinets, yep, furniture. Furniture desks, things of I mean, when I tell you literally hundreds of people by July 5th, food. we didn't pay for food or two lunch. Months. We gave our guys food and lunch every day for two At months. At least. Mm -hmm. Everybody just gave us so much. They were just like so incredible. What can we do? What can we do? What can we do? Mm, it reminds you why you live in a small town that doesn't maybe offer you, you know, tons of shopping or restaurants or this or that entertainment. But it reminds you why you live here. You live here because when the, when the chips are down, they show up for you and they make you keep going. Seneca Falls is a place uh, that I'll reveal to you here, occupies the same location on your Earth as George's town does on the Earth of his universe. As such, the histories of Bedford Falls and Seneca Falls were similar up to a point, and then began to diverge. For instance, in your world, it was the Ferrara family who came over from Italy instead of the Martinis. But you'll still find a lot of people and stories in Seneca Falls that bear a striking similarity to those you know from the movie Wonderful Life. I'm going to take you to get to know some of them in this episode. I think they'll give you a sense of what has gone very differently in your universe. One where you'll recall, like in Pottersville, George Bailey was never born. Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight and dance by the light of the Martini's bar when uh, you told me you'd read some place about making plastics out of soybeans. Chili bean. You remember out of chili, out of soybean. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 soybean, yeah. Well, listen, Dad snapped up the idea and he's going to build a factory outside of Rochester. How do you like that? Why Rochester? Well, why not? Can you think of anything better? 
Well, I don't know. Just why not right here? You remember that uh, that old tool and machinery works? Well, you tell your father you can get that for a song and all the labor he wants too. Half the town was thrown out of work when they closed down. Was that so? Well, I'll tell him. Hey, that sounds great. Ah, uh, baby, I knew you'd come through. This was my biggest thought about the movie. You know. You remember Wendell Jameson of the New York Times from the previous episode, the one who helped popularize the upside downing of Wonderful Life in 2008? Uh, manufacturing upstate in 2008 uh, was not doing too great. There was at that time, as there still is, a great deal of debate about opening casinos. It just seemed like George Bailey worked so hard to keep manufacturing going, opening up the old glassworks. You know, he meant well, but I think he was taking the town in the wrong direction because soon enough in the 1960s, that was all going to start to just go away. And the towns like Saratoga Springs that banked on entertainment and being a resort, they did relatively well. So Mitchell Moss is a, a very well-known um, urban policy professor at New York University. He's the one who took actually the gambling analogy. He mentioned that David Patterson, who was the governor at the time, was under a lot of pressure to allow gambling upstate because there were so many economic problems that manufacturing had just gone away. Hey, Mitchell, it's Wendell Jameson. How are you? Good, Wendell. How are you? Good, good, good. Wendell is talking to Mitchell Moss an urban policy professor at New York University who has been described in the press as a New Yorkologist. Um, so, I, you know, I sent you an email talking about my idea for this story about how it's a wonderful life, which so many people think of as a, a cheery holiday tale is actually a horror movie. Now, the, the funny flip side of that is that the, the nightmare portion of the movie, which, which imagines Pottersville, uh, if George Bailey had never been born, was actually a, a period to be a thriving entertainment mecca, even on Christmas Eve, if you remember. It's, the streets are filled with revelers, the bars are packed, everyone's having a grand time. Um, what would you say about somebody banking on entertainment as the future of Bedford Falls instead of manufacturing? Well, I, I think the small towns have benefited from the rise of recreation generally, and, and entertainment as a draw. That one of the ironies is that people now discover the small town as a place to escape to, a place to kind of have close human contact and also to relax. So in some cases, that's gambling, because, you know, gambling has certainly thrived in outlying areas. But we also have seen, you know, the rise of what kinds of outdoor sports, you know, as snowshoeing, not just skiing. And the, the uh, key part is that the small town economy is now built really around visitors, not about uh, manufacturing. That's the great final upside-down thought. Economically, in the long run, the people of Bedford Falls may have been better off had George Bailey never been born. If Mr. Potter had turned it into an entertainment mecca, Bedford Falls would probably be thriving today. It would probably otherwise be a dreary, dead, faded industrial town. It's really fascinating, you know, to project a, a character like George Bailey out over the rest of his life. Or if we do the math, he can live into the 1980s and, and 1990s. You know, he very well could pass away in Bill Clinton's United States, which is kind of a fascinating uh, kind of a concept. Guillen McKee got his Ph.D. in American history at University of California in Berkeley before joining the Miller Center in Virginia. Uh, he has plenty to say about wonderful life in these small towns. And I think 
what we can say with certainty is that he would have experienced a level of change that would have been kind of uh, awe-inspiring to him if <laughs> he had uh, thought about that in 1945, but what was going to come. Um, and you know, again, I think that's really representative of that generation, that the world of 1945 was not one that was stable. It was a moment in time that was going to uh, uh, disappear. And um, we can boil that down, I think, at a couple of levels. I mean, I, I guess generally for a place like Bedford Falls, you know, which is essentially upstate New York, um, I guess if we if we take the, the model of Seneca Falls and the Finger Lakes region, um, that economy was going to, in many places, really go away. And we think of that as a process that is the 1970s, 80s, and 90s, but it really begins, particularly in the industrial Northeast, not that long after World War II. There is, you know, destabilizing economic change coming for a community like Bedford Falls. And the range of outcomes are pretty dramatic, depending on what else a community has. And um, someone like Bailey is an interesting character because it was people like Bailey, who are going to make decisions in terms of um, the direction of the, the community's economic economy that would be really consequential. Are they able to find uh, means to transition to other sources of economic support and viability? Um, yeah, it's widely thought that Bedford Falls is based on the town of Seneca Falls in upstate New York. And that's an interesting case to me because they seem to have managed that transition relatively well compared to a lot of places that completely lose everything. So that the, for that specific community, it hasn't been total, but it also gets to the point that somebody along the way, a George Bailey, made some decisions that were somewhat foresighted and taking advantage of whatever resources they had available uh, to keep that town's economic you know, viability at least. Two of Seneca Falls' most impactful town leaders over the past 20 years are Mike Ferrara and Bruce Bonafiglia, uh, friends since high school like George Bailey and Sam Wainwright, who also, like George and Sam, have a friendly rivalry of sorts, especially when it comes to the direction of their town. But when they graduated in 1975, the place was still booming. Uh, here's Mike. When I was uh, growing up, uh, we had major uh, industry here, Gould's Pumps. Uh, we had the largest Sylvania plant where TVs were made in Seneca Falls. We had a very, uh, very industrial machine shop that made precision tools. Uh, we had a place called Guaranteed Parts where my mother worked. Uh, so if you couldn't get a job in Seneca Falls, you were lazy. Now that's changed. It's not the fact that their predecessors invented the world's first all-iron pump in 1849. What really makes ITT Gould's pumps different is when the chips are down and that thing called a pump at the center of your operation needs to be spec'd, upgraded, or just kept running. These guys will move heaven and earth to get it done. That's Gould's people. Never arrogant. Always innovative. ITT Gould's Pumps. Proof that being very good at something doesn't mean you need to be anything but great to work with. 
and uh, Goose Pumps is the still the <clears throat> largest, in, well, close to the largest employer, but it's just a fraction of what it was at one time. Bloomberg News, April 22nd, 1997. ITT Industries said yesterday that it had agreed to buy Gould Pumps Incorporated for $815 million in cash, forming the largest maker of industrial pumps for chemicals, water, and other fluids. Gould's makes industrial pumps, while ITT Industries, which is based in White Plains, Connecticut, makes submersible pumps for municipal water treatment. The combined companies would have about 14% of the $15 billion market for pumps, valves, and other flow control products, said an analyst at Lehman Brothers. You know, Goose Pumps employed over 4,000 people at its height, three shifts a day. I think they're about maybe, maybe 800, maybe. That's, uh, you know, manufacturing done at a less price in China and Mexico. Bottom line. So, like many small communities in the United States, uh, when the industry started to dry up uh, and our downtown started to be negatively affected and the birth of malls and so forth, uh, I mean, when I was a when I was young, downtown was very vibrant. You know, you had three men's clothing stores and three women's clothing stores and three shoe stores. You know what I'm saying? Every storefront was full. All owned by private, you know, citizens of Seneca Falls, lifetime residents of Seneca Falls, you know, second generation businesses, third generation businesses. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Prudential knows that no community is a monolith, and we all have unique financial needs. With black community partners across the nation, Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long and are making a tangible impact. This includes their home city of Newark, where they're actively engaged in building stronger financial foundations. They are dedicated to offering equitable financial services that cater to diverse individual requirements while recognizing our shared goal of wealth building. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Power the dreams of our communities today and future generations tomorrow. Learn more and build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com blueprints. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot. 
The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hello, George. He's always making a speech. We just stopped in town to take a look at the new factory, and then we're going to drive on down to Florida. Oh, Why don't you have your friends join us? Why, sure. Hey, why don't you kids drive down with us, huh? Oh, I'm afraid I couldn't get away, Sam. Still got the nose to the old grindstone, eh? Jane, I offered to let George in on the ground floor in plastics, and he turned me down cold. Oh, now, don't rub it in. (laughs) I'm not rubbing it in. Well, I guess we'd better run along. Like Sam Wainwright, Mike's friend, Bruce Bonafiglia, eventually brought his family business, Bonadent Dental Labs, started by his dad in 1950, back to Seneca Falls. Hee-haw, hee-haw. Uh, yeah, I think Sam was a good guy. He was helping out his buddy. That was kind of that, that right? You know, he, he was there for his buddy. I mean, he's a, he was a flashy guy. He was okay. I mean, you know, that was Sam's deal. He had, he had a pretty wife, cool clothes, nice car, um, you know, and didn't forget his buddy, right? So you go to Miami, you, you go to Beverly Hills, you fit right in with flashy. And so it's, it's, it's all perception. It's all what you want to do in life. When I was in my 40s, it was about being in Chicago and being in New York City and Miami, where I just went shopping. You know, I was in Miami for two days with my granddaughter, shopping for a senior prom dress. And, I, and I, you know, there's so many great, cool, hip things about Miami. I can never live there again. I could never spend a great deal of time there. But I don't think today the same way I, I thought 20 years ago. Um, I don't think anyone does. I think that as everyone, you know, goes through life, you, you know, you, you, you tend to change your outlook on things that you were so certain of in your 20s, that in your 40s and then your 60s and so on, each decade kind of brings a little bit of wisdom. In my opinion, it's wisdom. After Bruce returned to town in the year 2000, he quickly embraced a vision for the place quite similar to that voiced by Ryan Paul in an earlier episode. The Disneyfication of the Main Street the effort to make Seneca Falls look as much like Bedford Falls as possible to attract people to town. When I came back to Seneca Falls, right, when I brought the business back to Seneca Falls, 
we opened up, uh, and we didn't have this at the time, we opened up a, a, a high-end Italian restaurant. Um, uh, we opened up a, a local pharmacy, uh, you know, that was right downtown uh, called Fall Street Pharmacy. And we opened up Zuzu's Cafe. We, op- we actually opened up Bailey's Outback as well, which was an ice cream stand, uh, ice cream kind of like uh, shop along the canal. So we did all of those three things. We thought, okay, having like a coffee shop, a, a Starbucks, if you will, but it was Zuzu's Cafe. Casey ran it for a little bit. You heard Casey running a cinnamon roll eating contest at Cafe 19 in an earlier episode. Uh, and we'll get to know her better in a future one. And these were all buildings that were literally falling down. So I purchased a bunch of buildings. Supervisor Ferrara, actually, Mike Ferrara, helped us with the restaurant renovation a great deal on the inside of that. So it's all of our friends did. But we did all of that to help the community. So, you know, my group, Mike Ferrara and I, and we were the first ones to decorate downtown Seneca Falls uh, with, with my money and their hard work. Uh, we were the first ones to decorate the town. You remember from an earlier episode that Fran Carcillo, while village planner, had helped build the case for the wonderful life connection to Seneca Falls over the late 1990s. It was only two years after Bruce Bonafiglia returned with his company and his interest in seeing the town rebound that wonderful life actress Carolyn Grimes was convinced to come out there. Eventually, the Wonderful Life Museum was created, the 5K race was started, and the Wonderful Life Festival grew and grew, all of which fit nicely with Bruce's vision. The fact of the matter is is that there are other people that are responsible for It's a Wonderful Life weekend, and what they've done with the museum is, I mean, that's coming along, and I think they have some great ideas and the board and stuff. And You know, Bonavent and the Bonafiglia Family Foundation, we just help. Uh, it's a wonderful life festival. You know, our, one of our one of our key managers is one of the founders of its. Uh, um, you know, the race. It's uh, Tina Rook, who's uh, a key manager and leader in the Bonadent organization, and she's also a local local girl that played basketball with my daughter and played basketball for Coach Mike Ferrar when Mike Ferrar coached. They made that race, which is certainly the signature event. Um, I think. <laughs> more of a signature event even than Zuzu herself. Uh, you know, Carolyn, who's just sweetheart of a person, they um, they made the event what it is today. We get, we get thousands of people into this village, the town of Santa Claus, because of the race. Bruce's small-town nostalgia strategy has been working for Seneca Falls, he feels, so it frustrates him when his vision can be undermined at times by competing decisions by other town leaders. So I wanted to create this center uh, in downtown Seneca Falls, and we formed the Downtown Revitalization Committee. Fall Street Pharmacy, that, again, you want to talk about just an awful, awful, misguided leadership. It wasn't even leadership at, at town government level. That were, So we ended up with a Kinney Drugs. Um, on the outskirts of town that uh, could have been someplace else, but for a lot of different reasons and vision, different vision. And, you know, I fought for one side and maybe didn't get it, but, uh, you know, you you move on and you continue on. Bruce was buying up property in Seneca Falls, and that's why I got my building from him, too. 
Twyla Keeler, the hairstylist, went to high school one town over and knew Mike and Bruce, which ended up helping her down the line when she wanted to open her own business, a salon. I have a sister who's like five years older, so I'd do her friends here when they were going out on a Friday night. And, you know, I wanted to give back and I would do my mom's hair. And I don't know if it came natural to me, but I liked it and I perfected it as much as I could. And then I guess the aspiration of opening a salon was 17 years ago now. Wow, that's crazy. I doesn't even feel like that. And Bruce Bonifigua used to own that building, and I talked him down on his price because I knew eventually that'd be a good spot in Seneca Falls, that location. Right off the Wonderful Life it's Bridge. It's such great. Everybody comes out this time. Hi. How are we doing? Pretty good. Make yourself at home. I'll be a few minutes. Okay. You got a little early. That's good. I, I did. I, I'm always early. I'm always late. <laughs> oh, you're only like two minutes late today. Or maybe a minute and a half. You were good. So how's that looking? Is that going to be enough? Wonderful. Hello. Hi, this is this is Zuzu from the movie. Twyla <laughs> is my, my salon gal. She's mine too. I hair better than anything. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> She's mine too. We're inside Hair Elegance Between Locks a squat, one-story shop a block from the Truss Bridge. During good years, Twyla has employed up to nine townspeople at one time there, including her daughter. Carolyn Grimes, who of course played Zuzu Bailey, has become a regular. She just calls me every year to come back to me, which is nice. She always brings me a present. She always brings me a present. She's awesome. She's seen me for so many years. It was blonde, and then not so blonde, and now it's all gray, and it's all natural. It's pretty, though. She's seen it transpire to the old lady here. That old lady here. Here. Where the house? I don't remember. I don't either. I really don't. I think she really needed your hair done, and maybe maybe the ghoul sent you over here the first time. Like if you were looking, maybe. I don't remember either. I used to stay at the bed and breakfast too. Oh, a lot of those. So I don't because you know the ghoul wasn't open. Oh yeah, that's right. So I don't know how. I don't know if, how long has it been since yeah. I've been doing your hair? Do you know? Well, I've been coming twenty years. This is my twenty years. So, so I, I'm gonna guess. Maybe 20 years. Okay, I'll go uh, with that. <laughs> um, no hearing left. She's bubbly, has lots of energy. She's kind, oh. friendly, and she's a delightful friend. Well, thank you. That's our treat. I stuck a Ah, thank you. <laughs> Her wood-paneled walls are sparsely decorated except for a big poster of Marilyn Monroe with a quote that reads, In Hollywood, a girl's virtue is much less important than her hairdo. <laughs> this time of year, some people in Seneca Falls like to compare Twyla to another hairdresser, George Bailey's friend, Violet Bick. I don't know where that came from. Somebody said it to me. I can't remember who, but I tried not to take offense, but I looked at it, but I could see that. Hold on, I'm getting more ice. Cool. You know, I don't know if I quite fit that picture, but, you know, I'm out and about. 
I'm very private at home, as you've noticed. You didn't see anybody hanging out here. But um, publicly, I'm out and about all the time. And I always probably look like a party girl when I'm not, But even though I am, but I'm not. Yeah, it made me giggle. Like, oh, you're the bad one, the bad girl, the wild one, which I'm not. Wild, free-spirited, right? So I didn't mind it because people talk all the time. Okay, so I am Violet. I believe in this little tiny town. If I was younger, when I was younger, probably, more than likely. Or around it, at least for a year or two. And I really didn't care what people thought. Where are you going? Oh, I'm probably end up down at the library. Georgie, don't you ever get tired of just reading about things? Yes. What are you doing tonight? He changed because he was under so much pressure and thought it wasn't worth going through because he wasn't strong enough to go through it because he was such a loser and failure and whatever happened. And her, too. And every other person in that community, in that movie, they're all heroes because they all came together for each other. So when everybody was given the money at the end, it wasn't just for them. It wasn't just for him to survive and her to survive and be happy. It was for all of them. And look how they, they laughed at each other and hugged each other. And but they were all doing it together. They were all hugging each other at the same moment. Oh, George, I changed my mind. Huh, you know, I, didn't, I thought they lived happily ever after. I didn't think much more after that, actually. I just thought it's good. It's all good. The community came together, and everything's going to be good, and everybody can count on everyone again, once again. Everybody can count on each other as a, as a community. That's why I go to Dewey's. For that commodity, because if I want to drink, I can drink at home. It's the commodity of the community. How you like those words? I had to get those out quick. Well, before we had Westcott Rule here and Savania TV, Schools Pumps, um, what was the other one? Guaranteed Parts, all kinds of business here. Plus, the Army Depot was out there in Ovid. Romulus, so it was all military out there, and if you um if if you didn't like what you were doing, you could quit, and you'd have another job in a couple of hours that would pay more. I mean, it was so lucrative here. Everybody was having fun. Everybody was making good money. All the businesses downtown were thriving, and that slowly started going away because I don't know why we can't advertise the town better, but Bruce was trying to bring that back, I'm sure. So now it's like, um, I don't know, it's, it's quieter, there's not as much opportunity, and people are struggling. A lot of people are struggling because companies went out, you know, they moved. And they're not sure if they're going to have a job tomorrow. And a lot of people here, for some reason, there's some jobs opening, but nobody nobody can find helpers. Nobody can find workers. Nobody can find employees. So I don't know. It's just it's a weird time of it's a weird time of life. I don't know if it's like that everywhere, but I think it is kind of. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury 
with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything, for every passenger, feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Prudential knows that no community is a monolith, and we all have unique financial needs. With black community partners across the nation, Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long and are making a tangible impact. This includes their home city of Newark, where they're actively engaged in building stronger financial foundations. They are dedicated to offering equitable financial services that cater to diverse individual requirements while recognizing our shared goal of wealth building. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Power the dreams of our communities today and future generations tomorrow. Learn more and build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a Chill Mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on Chill Mattresses and get two free pillows iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich. Here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Nighttime. The moon hangs brightly above the truss bridge reflecting in the river below it. 
Twyla locks up her salon and walks the block to her regular bar, Dewey's, a place that, with a quick glance, you might easily mistake for Martini's Bar in Bedford Falls. I was just thinking uh, of a flaming rum punch. Uh, no, it's not cold enough for that. Not nearly cold enough. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Just got I got it. Mulled wine, heavy on the cinnamon and light on the clothes. Oh, look, give me light and be lively. Hey, look, mister. We save hard drinks in here for men who want to get drunk fast, and we don't need any characters around to give the joint atmosphere. Is that clear? Or do I have to slip you my lift for a convincer? It's here at Dewey's that the town's working people gather. The bartender is Jan Meckley. She has a quality like Nick, the hard-to-read bartender in George Bailey's hangout. When a new customer asks Jen if he can have a flaming rum punch, she tells him... No, absolutely not. How about a strawberry you want to come back here and make it yourself. <laughs> Jen was a school psychologist in the area for many years until she walked away to become a bartender. As she gets a very up-close experience of the people of Seneca Falls and their problems. First yeah. off, I've been bartending since I was 21 and I'm 47. I bartended going through college and grad school, and I did it on the side when I was a school psychologist. It's going on yeah. 10 years, then at Dewey specifically, and left my other job. I have a few customers that I know of that work for Walmart. There's a lot of customers that I've known for years, and I don't know where they were. There are some that work in hire and auto, ones that work for Bonadent, for Goulds, which is now like ITT. Some that work for the local bank. I mean, there's all kinds. A couple of women that come to mind that work as nurses. One's a traveling nurse. She works all the way in Ithaca right now. Definitely have our share of prison guards and various other people that work there in different capacities. There's couples. There's groups of friends. Occasionally, my mom and dad come down just because I work there. And there's people that come out with their kids or something to have a bite to eat. Yeah, there's working class. <laughs> My all-time favorite is, like, the good old boys crew, and I'm saying that with sarcasm. You know, the white male privilege, I've got a little extra money than the rest of these people, and so I think the world owes me something, including you, and I think I should get better service, and I think I spend this much money here, so you should cater to me, and they act like their name is on the door, not my bosses sometimes. When people come out to drink, they're coming out to get away from their problems, to distract themselves from those things. They're not coming out to have meaningful conversations about them. People don't talk about that stuff, particularly men. In our culture, men are taught to pull their big boy panties up and rub some dirt in it, and you don't talk about it because if you do, you're a pussy. Granted, sometimes that happens accidentally. Literally was just having this conversation with a guy last night who has suffered from depression and he didn't get help and it ruined his marriage. Now he's getting help and he's getting therapy and he's seeing things, but at the time he didn't. He didn't see it. He made an analogy where he put his hand right up in front of his face, almost touching his nose. And he said, this is where I was. And I didn't see all the things in the periphery. I didn't see it until I got some help and I stood back and I looked at it from a different perspective without all of the desperation and the depression. But 
that's a rare conversation on a quiet night when nobody is listening and it's, it's dead because it's post-holiday and it's just the two of us in there. And he even made the comment, this is not a normal conversation that you would have with a bartender. He's like, you're kind of different. It's That's why I like coming here when you're here. But for the most part, Dewey's is usually busy and there's not time for that stuff. So I don't know what's going on in people's lives. And honestly, Sometimes because of the way that people act when they drink, the ones that are probably most likely to be having the problems because they're such assholes, I avoid them like the plague and just wait on them and go about my business. So I don't see that a lot, but I see it in life. I see it in people I know. I have a friend right now who is going through a lot of shit with being unemployed and you know, an abusive alcoholic ex and his 16-year-old is stuck in that situation and he's getting just trying to get himself back on his feet from dealing with a depression and a work injury and being on disability and getting a job and packing up and moving across the country for what he thought was his dream job only to get there for a week and a half and be sent home because they changed their mind and decided to fill it with somebody from inside the company. And then he comes back and he's homeless. He's going to live out of his car. My daughter is an old soul. She takes on all the social injustices in the world and tries to be a voice for people who are too ashamed or too scared or too poor or too oppressed to speak for themselves. She's an amazing human being. I've learned a lot from her. I'm a much less ignorant person than I used to be just because she's my daughter. Damn, I wouldn't be the person I am today without my daughter. If it wasn't for her, I don't think I would have had the courage to leave my career for a job. She is the only person that wholeheartedly cheerleaded and said, fuck yeah, like I see what this is doing to you. She was the only person that didn't say, are you crazy? What about... You know, this is a state job. What about your retirement? What about blah, blah, blah? What about all the time you spent in college? You're just going to throw that away? She said, yes. Uh, She believed that it was the choice I should make more than I did. At Kirk Falls, and and the, the basic idea of of it's a wonderful life was real, and in some places it still is real, and there's a very powerful American nostalgia for that. Before leaving for the city to become an investigative journalist, Brian Alexander grew up in a small town in Ohio. Whenever he would watch Wonderful Life as a youth with his parents, Bedford Falls struck him as eerily familiar. Now, we have to say that this is a kind of a white nostalgia. <laughs> that This existed for white people. Um, it it wasn't, uh, wasn't a great time to be black in this country. So that that is a is a shadow that hangs over all this discussion. But white people, white working class people, have lost a lot of 
what they had during that period. Uh, not completely. And again, there are still some great small towns. Uh, and George Bailey still exists. But a lot of that has been lost. And the power of that nostalgia and that emotion is something I need. I think that all of America needs to reckon with. My mother wanted to visit her old town. And we were there about 15 minutes and she began to cry because the town really had fallen on hard times. She didn't even get out of the car. We, I, I said, what, you want to go here? You want to go there? No, I, let's just go. But Main Street used to be packed with stores. But now there was a big hole. Well, an old building collapsed in on itself. Uh, there used to be merchants in those buildings. So I began to wonder what was really happening in this town. And I realized, even though I've been a reporter and a journalist for a long time, I've written other books, that I had missed a really important story. We haven't figured out yet how to replace the old manufacturing base in a lot of these towns. And until that happens, um, and it may, all the cool microbreweries and coffee houses aren't really going to turn your economy around because people are just going to sell coffee to each other. I mean, what what is, coffee houses are great and they're actually really helpful, but what does somebody who works in a coffee house make? You need some really good, well-paying jobs. Do you really want to have an artisanal scone-based economy? Let's start with ABC's Tom Yamas, who has been with Trump's campaign since day one. Good morning, Tom. Robin, good morning to you. Donald Trump called this. He predicted an election night shocker, and he was 100 percent right. Despite nearly all national polls showing him behind before the voting started, Donald Trump is now president-elect Trump. Very early in the morning, California time, I got a call from Ohio from a woman whose son is one of the main characters in the book. And she woke me up with the call. I picked up and I said, hey, how you doing? What's, what's going on? This happened to be election day of 2016. She said, I just voted. And I said, oh, great. Who'd you vote for? And she said, Trump, baby. And started laughing. And I said, Melinda, why, why Trump? And she got really quiet. And then she began to cry and choked out the words, I just want it to be like it was. I think that many people in this country who live in cities and have jobs like I do and, um, you know, work at universities or law firms or hedge funds or wherever they work, really don't have any idea the depth of emotion that people in these towns feel about their places. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I just, they have a love of place and, and they miss it. In an earlier episode, I mentioned Carolyn Grimes being escorted to the 5K race by the town's former police chief. That's Fred Capozzi, who annually volunteers to drive one of Seneca Falls' two VIP vans to shuttle Carolyn and others to and from various events. When Fred started with the police force here, he still walked the streets like George Bailey's friend Bert the cop. By the time he retired, 
Fred the cop had seen a lot of change. Hey, George! George! You all right? Hey, what's the matter? Now get out of here, Bert, or I'll hit you again. Get out of here. What the Sam Hill are you yelling for, George? You... George. Bert, do you know me? Know you? <laughs> you kidding? I've been looking all over town trying to find you. I saw your car piled into that tree down there, and I thought maybe you... Hey, your mouth's bleeding. Are you sure you're all right? Uh, when they're on the bridge, and Bert is telling George, you know who I am, you know, thing, and there's this, this, this connection. And I think that was profound. My dad was a CV during World War II, so we got a GI loan, bought a home. We weren't wealthy, but we never knew that we weren't wealthy. There were five of us. We had one bathroom, you know, three bedrooms. It was a very loving and uh, warm home. And we had everything we ever needed. My dad worked two jobs. My mom uh, stayed at home for a while until we got school age, and then uh, she went to work. When I was like in seventh grade, I knew I wanted to become a police officer. And I was very lucky when I was uh, 20 years old to uh, get a job while I was in college with our local sheriff's department and worked very hard to be able to come up through the ranks here in Seneca Falls and then be able to be the chief of police. The chief of police that was here before me, he had been chief for a little over 25 years, Bert the cop. He's the depiction of what a small town police officer was. He would walk down the street and be able to talk to people, know people. He knew who uh, George Bailey was. He knew who Potter was. He knew all these people. And that's a small town police officer. And that's what a lot of Seneca Falls is all about. There's not very many people that are in the community that I don't know. So I've been all over the United States. And I have to honestly tell you that there's no place that I've been to that I can compare what my life would be, you know, outside of Seneca Falls. I was offered a job in California, uh, thing in Southern California, uh, back in 96, you know, thing, um, interviewed for it, uh, did very well, um, was one of the top two candidates, um, came home, talked to my wife, our two sons were in school at the time, and, and we waited out and I decided, you know, this is where I want to be, you know, thing. Um, so, to answer that question, I can't think of any place else than Seneca Falls that I would want to live. The downtown business district is not like what it was back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and early 70s. There aren't as many stores downtown. They really aren't. You know, it's the, I think all small communities found out when, you know, big chain businesses come in on the outskirts, uh, everybody can go to one-stop sh uh, shopping. You know, the, the, it's a blessing and also a detriment is Walmart. You know, Walmart comes in, you know, the, the saying is, if Walmart doesn't have it, we don't need it, you know, thing. Um, you don't need to have a shoe store anymore. You don't need to have a men's clothing store or a women's clothing store. Everything is at that store. The thing, it goes to the corporate office, you know, thing. Yeah, it definitely, definitely leaves your town, you know, thing. Um, we used to have a downtown business association that uh, used to meet uh, every Thursday, no, Wednesday morning at seven o'clock. And I used to go to the meetings when I became chief. And when they talked about when Walmart was coming in, how it was gonna change the face of downtown. And I was a little bit skeptical when they were talking about it, but I've, I've seen it. Meet the Waltons. From the outside, they look like your average family, but they're actually the richest clan in America. They're collectively worth about $160 billion. That's because they founded the world's largest company by revenue. You may have heard of it, Walmart. In less than 60 years, the company has grown from one store to well over 11,000 locations. Brothers Sam and Bud Walton started the empire. After serving in World War II, Sam and Bud both began franchising Ben Franklin variety stores in Missouri and Arkansas. 
The Five and Dime stores were so successful that Sam decided to start his own chain. In 2018, Walmart generated more than $500 billion in revenue. And with the company also continuing to invest in the future with initiatives like blockchain-powered delivery truck fleets, in-store drone assistance, and wearable tracking devices for employees, the retail chain isn't going anywhere. You know, there's like a million George Bailey moments in there, that town's history, where the whole, well, I'll give I, I'll give a check to your, you know, baseball teams with names, John's General Store. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like those, the whole community coming together to do stuff. Yeah. Fuck yeah. that. I want to buy a Jim Carrey movie three-pack <laughs> for $7. So fuck the old movie theater with a Wurlitzer organ. This is Louis C.K., uh, the comedian, uh, talking about the very thing we're exploring here to Opie and Andy, the radio DJs. But it's not Walmart's fault. It's the fault of the fucking people. I used to have a house upstate in upstate New York, and I and there, and there was there was a town that held these old, beautiful old diners and general stores, mm -hmm. and they all closed one by one because of Walmart. But it wasn't fucking Walmart's fault. It was the people that lived in that town yeah. that don't give a shit. About their neighbors. But is it giving it's, a it's shit? It's the American basic consumer who's like, well, okay, I could spend I could spend 13 cents less on a mop. Yeah. So fuck my fucking neighbor. <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Prudential knows that no community is a monolith, and we all have unique financial needs. With black community partners across the nation, Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long and are making a tangible impact. This includes their home city of Newark, where they're actively engaged in building stronger financial foundations. They are dedicated to offering equitable financial services that cater to diverse individual requirements while recognizing our shared goal of wealth building. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Power the dreams of our communities today and future generations tomorrow. Learn more and build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. 
no matter your budget. Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Walmart first arrived in the Seneca Falls area in the 1990s, as it has in so many American towns. When their new store opened in 2009, it was hoped the taxes the store would pay might provide some amount of solution for the missing money to fund the area's continually needed infrastructure update. Essential if you want residents and visitors to feel like they're in a thriving Bedford Falls, Here's Mike again. So one of our major employers in the community is uh, Walmart. Having a Walmart uh, in your community, they're, you know, it's a great company, it's a great store, but certainly took business away from the heart of downtown. And Mike isn't entirely clear on where the money goes that's spent at that Walmart. It doesn't go to Seneca Falls, I know that. Uh, Obviously, it's a major corporation and has stockholders and so forth. So, obviously, it's corporate America. Obviously, money spent in local businesses gets reinvested in the community. Uh, money spent at Walmart's not getting reinvested in the community. It's getting invested in stockholders type of thing. Finger Lakes Times, November 26, 2019. After 10 years of trying to get its Seneca Falls assessment reduced, corporate giant Walmart has got a judge to agree, reducing the town of Seneca Falls assessment on its retail store from $9.5 million to $8.75 million for 2017 and 2018 and $8.25 million for 2019. The reduction means Seneca County, the town of Seneca Falls, and the Waterloo School District must refund taxes to Walmart for 2017, 18, and 19 taxes paid. Of course, the most ironic corporate taxpayer to come to town arrived six years ago. In an earlier episode, I brought you to the Wonderful Life Festival's annual Capra Dinner for local donors. I didn't tell you where it was taking place. It was the ballroom of their new casino. Yes, that icon of Pottersville. The Del Lago Resort and Casino is officially opened in Seneca County in the town of Tyre. You know, the state awarded the owners a casino license more than two years ago, and now they've built this $440 million project. It includes an entertainment venue, restaurants, shops, and a hotel. 
Plus, there's going to be lots of gambling. Jennifer Lukey was there for the ribbon cutting this morning, and she's joining us now with a special look. The doors here at Del Lago actually just opened a little more than an hour ago, and you can see it is already packed with people. There are 2,000 slot machines, 77 table games, and 15 poker tables here. The money spent in that casino, it's a corporation. It's now owned by Churchill Downs. Headquartered in Louisville, Kentucky, where they started with the horse track known for the Kentucky Derby, Churchill Downs Incorporated has become a publicly traded company with annual revenue of over $1 billion. Their Del Lago Casino employs 1,200 people in Seneca County. Some who once would have built things in factories now deal cards. You remember how you felt each year watching Wonderful Life during the part where Clarence tells George that he'd never been born and George runs through Pottersville, his town now dominated by Henry Potter, and you see all those casinos. If your gut made you feel this was wrong somehow, well... Times change, I guess. I think George would have advocated for a casino in the sequel, maybe the third sequel. But I think he would have advocated for businesses to come into the community and to enhance the life of the of its citizens. But the most shocking change to the town I haven't gotten to yet. There had been a small landfill outside of Seneca Falls since the 1950s. Trying to raise missing tax dollars, in the 1980s, town leaders accepted a deal with a Canadian corporation so that as the landfill grew, so too would the money paid to Seneca Falls, to the tune of 4.5% of their gross revenues. And grow it did. Today, it's the largest dump in New York State. That's a lot of tax dollars. And on summer days, when the winds blow in a certain direction, the town's people can smell it. In New York, every small town had their own dump, and those dumps became toxic waste sites because people dumped everything and anything. About 30 years ago, this dump was privately owned. It was on the outskirts of our town, and then it was bought by a private individual from Rochester, and then it was bought by Corporate America Waste Management and has grown to become the largest landfill in New York State. The landfill is the top controversial issue in our community. There are people who want it closed. The landfill is looking to for an expansion. They would like to use that space for another 15 years of uh, taking in garbage. They are a major contributor to the town of Seneca Falls, the county. We have a host agreement with them uh, where they contribute a percentage of their revenue. So over the last six, seven years, it's been between three and $3.4 million per year. Seneca Falls, like every other old community, has infrastructure that needs to be taken care of. 
You got hundred-year-old pipes in the ground, sewer lines that are compromised, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, updates need to be made to water treatment plant. Update needs to be made to waste treatment plants. For that all to happen, it would be a very high tax rate in Seneca Falls. We're able to keep tax rate at a very reasonable number in the ten-dollar per thousand range. So we're trying to make Seneca Falls a affordable place. Nobody wants the landfill here, but it's here, and. It's an essential business. We all generate garbage, and it's got to go someplace. I'm in favor of keeping the landfill open. I'm in favor of negotiating a new host agreement with them and uh, to better enhance even more for Seneca Falls. Here's Bruce Bonafiglia again. What, in, what industry is left in Seneca Falls? There, when you, so when you look at Seneca Falls, what industry is left? You have, you have Ghoul's Pump. They're a major employer, but they are they are shrinking, right? Their, their employment numbers are shrinking. You know, one of the largest employers in Seneca, Seneca County is the county government. You know, not, so that, that's, a whole other, that's a whole other interview, right? When you talk about county government, bureaucracies, and so on, right? It, it, because if their county government is one of the major employers, and it, and it is in many small communities like ours, that can kind of be an issue when you don't have industry. And again, we only, we only employ about 200 people here in Seneca Falls. So, so we're, not, we're not employing 1,000 people. But if you don't have industry coming into a community, and we don't, we don't have industry coming into this community. We have a casino that's out by the throughway, right? It's not really in Seneca Falls. It's in the town of June. We have the casino. They employ people. They they do. They employ a lot. They employ a lot of people. The casino and hotel. Um, but if you don't have industry, I think you don't get middle. You don't get middle class to move in. Now you have another. You know, one of the other employers in Center County is the is the landfill, right? So if you have a landfill that's really close to the community, <laughs> it's one of the key words on Zillow. Landfill. <laughs> Um, you know, that's, yeah. you know, so we've got all these different challenges, uh, but there are some people that think we can't live without this landfill. Uh, and, but, and I think it's a huge detriment. Would, would you tell the town of skinny Atlas that would you tell the town of Aurora that what you really need to flourish? Would you tell Ithaca that what you really need to flourish is a landfill. You need to, what you really need to flourish is the landfill tax revenue. That's what you really need to flourish. And, and, and look how our community is flourishing. That was a bit of sarcasm uh, by Sam Wainwright. No. George Bailey was never born. Visit SaveGeorgeBailey.com to join the mission. There you'll find links to works by this episode's participants. Learn more about how to celebrate George Bailey Day on Saturday, December 9th, and annually the second Saturday of December hereafter, by hosting your own Wonderful Life viewing party. Tell your friends to listen to this show, subscribe, like, comment, and post about it on social media. Hashtag Save George Bailey. Subscribe to our Patreon to hear uncut interviews and bonus content. Podcasts also available on YouTube. iHeartMedia presents a double asterisk iHeartMedia co-production in association with True Stories. Created, written, and directed by Joseph, Kurt Angfer, and Rayna Vyshelsky. Kurt Angfer, producer and supervising editor. 
Raina Vyshelsky, producer and journalist. Elizabeth Marcus, editor. Roy Sillings, narrator. George Bailey theme song by Carolyn Sills. Buyer albums. Soundtrack composed by Zachary Walter. Buy his albums and the original soundtrack to this podcast available wherever you get your music. Mallory Kinoy, co-producer, writer's assistant, archival producer, and fact checker. John Autry, sound engineer, additional editing, sound design, and mix. Executive producers, Dave Cassidy, Kurt Angfer, Lindsay Hoffman and Bethann Macaluso for iHeartMedia, John Duffy for Double Asterisk, Ruth Vaca for True Stories, Reyna Vyshelsky for Double Asterisk and True Stories, Elizabeth Honkuch, associate producer, Brandon Lavoie and Ryan Pennington, consulting producers, Keith Sklar, contract legal, Peter Yazzie, copyright and fair use legal, Maddie Akers, archival specialist, Ron Kadish and Benji Michaels, publicists. Kavya Santhanam and Marley Weaver, Marketing and Promotions. Art and Web Design by Aaron Kim. Interns were Kyra Gray, Emma Ramirez, Eva Stewart, and Taya Wilson. Podcast license for Philip Van Doren Stern's The Greatest Gift provided by The Greatest Gift Corporation. Their attorney is Kevin Koloff. Recorded at David Weber's Airtime Studios in Bloomington, Indiana. This episode featured in chronological order Sarah Ferrara, Stefania Ferrara, Wendell Jameson, Mitchell Moss, Guillen McKee, Mike Ferrara, Bruce Bonifiglia, Twyla Keeler, Carolyn Grimes, Jen Meckley, Brian Alexander, and Fred Capozzi, with appearances by the cast of Wonderful Life and the brief voices of Louis C.K., Opie and Andy, an unknown ITT promo video narrator, and TV news media professionals and some of the brief music and artistry of others via clips used under the still-existing legal doctrine of fair use. The Potters are working on that one, though. Some original reporting by Wendell Jameson for this episode. The voice of a news article about the ITT Gould Pumps merger was played by Keith Murray, voicing portions of an original article written uncredited for Bloomberg News. The voice of a news article about the Walmart tax assessment was David L. Shaw, voicing portions of his article for the Finger Lakes Times. Seneca Falls Lodging for Crew provided by Twyla Keeler. If you're in Seneca Falls, visit the Wonderful Life Museum, Ferrara Lumber, Hair Elegance Between Locks, Woman Made Products, Dewey's Third Ward Tavern, Cafe 19, and I guess if you want, the casino, the Walmart, the Kinney Drugs, and the Trash Dump. Oh, and check out Bonadent Labs online. Go to doubleasteriskmedia.com to hear our other limited-run podcasts, Who is Rich Blee? After the Uprising, with a bold new season in St. Louis coming summer 2024, and Origins, Birth of a Pandemic. And subscribe to True Stories New Weekly, Everybody Has a Podcast, with Ruth and Ray. If you are feeling like you're on the bridge, please call the AFSP's Suicide and Crisis Lifeline by dialing 988 into your phone, or contact the Crisis Text Line by texting 741-741. Consider donating to or volunteering with AFSP or your local Habitat for Humanity, and make George Bailey proud. We're not affiliated with them, though. Copyright 2023, Double Asterisk, Inc. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as 
an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.